Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Good morning. Awesome. Hey guys, so glad to have you here this morning. Uh, Just like Drake said, my name is Fitz, uh, and this is City Church. Welcome to City Church. Uh, whether you're wherever you are in your spiritual journey, we want to place, be a place where you feel loved, safe, and welcome here. And so we're so glad to have you here. And welcome back for 2023. It's a whole new year. Uh, it's it's always a little trippy to come into the change of the calendar, filling out your checks, you're putting the wrong number on the date, and everything. It's a new year. It's a new moment for us to to lean in to see what what God is doing. Uh, before before I kick anything off, I'd just love to open us up in a little bit of prayer. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. Uh, we praise you for all that you've done in our lives in City Church. We pray that for everyone here, uh, for myself, that it would be your words spoken and not my own. Uh, and pray that for all of us that we would have hearts and ears to hear uh, what you have to share with us today as we, we dig into this topic. So, yes, it is, it is a new year, and I don't know about you guys, but coming into a new year, often I feel a little bit cynical about the whole uh, New Year's resolution thing, like, does it work? You know, all the people show up to the gym in the beginning of the new year, and, and that dwindles pretty quick, right? Uh, but there's a lot, of, a lot of power in it being a new year, a lot of opportunity in starting a whole new season of life. Uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity to reflect back on 2022. What does that year look like for you? An opportunity to look forward and, and see what sort of hopes and dreams and goals you have for the new year. Uh, for 2023, I don't know about you, but I, I would love to be drastically transformed from the person I am today to January 2024. Love to just see myself over time be, become a different person through the grace and power of Jesus. Uh, and so our question today that we're, we're leaning into is who are we becoming in 2023? What are the practices? What is the community? What is the experiences that we're surrounding ourselves with? And how is that informing us uh, into who we're going to be? Because we're not static people. We're constantly changing. We're constantly uh, growing and different. You're a different person today than you were January 2022, and you'll be a different person in January 2024. Uh, it's just a new opportunity. Take another trip around the sun. See what happens in that year. See how we grow and how we change. Um, and and, and some of those ways that we're going to lean in at the beginning of the year, we're, we're looking at this idea of, uh, um, can we go to the next slide here? Uh, here's, here's a quote from John Newton. Uh, it says, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I'm not what I hope to be in another world, but still I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's just a beautiful picture, uh, super old quote. This is a guy that wrote Amazing Grace, but it's just this idea that we're, we're constantly changing, we're constantly growing, uh, and we can look back and see, by the grace of God, I've grown and I've changed, uh, but I'm not who, who I, I hope to be yet, and I can continue to see growth in ways there. And so the way that we're going to lean in to grow this year, it's this, this, what does it mean to follow Jesus, right? If we're following Jesus, uh, there's this the same idea that we've kind of been leaning into for a really long time. Uh, in order for us to grow and to change, we want to spend our time being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, 
and doing what Jesus did. It's nothing new, 2023, we're not changing the track up or anything like that. This is what we've been leaning into as a church for a long time, and this is how we're gonna see ourselves changed. If we, we lean into this, this idea of spending time with Jesus, becoming like him, and doing what he did. And the way of Jesus, as we lean into it, was prayer, fasting, and giving to the poor. These three ideas, these three practices of what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be in a relationship with Jesus, um, if, if we like took a poll of uh, what, it, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, what it meant to be a Christian, it's, it's likely that the three things that we would think of probably wouldn't be prayer, fasting, and giving to the poor. Those, those sound like things that are part of being a Christian that, that definitely are talked about in the Bible, but those probably wouldn't be the things that we, we lead off with. We'd, we'd probably say prayer. That would probably make the list. Then we'd say something like reading our Bible and coming to church. Uh, and those things are so incredibly valuable and important and crucial to the Christian faith. Uh, but in uh, one of Jesus' earliest moments teaching about what it meant to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, what it meant to be a follower of, of God, of Jesus. He, he leaned in on these three practices, on, on prayer, fasting, and giving to the poor. And so because of that, we're gonna lean into these ideas today. We're gonna lean into the ideas uh, of, of uh, primarily fasting and supporting the needy, giving to the poor, and how those ideas blend in together, how they're not actually separate ideas, but how they support each other. We see in the Sermon on the Mount uh, that Jesus um, talks about these ideas of uh, giving to the poor. Um, we're, we're leaning into these ideas of standing in solidarity with the poor through fasting. A definition of solidarity for you is this unity of feeling or action, mutual support within a group. Uh, we see that throughout the Bible, Jesus had a special attention to the poor, and actually 15% of the Bible relates to how we treat the poor, and over 2,000 unique references specifically talk about how followers of Jesus treat the poor. Uh, it's a, for me, it's an astounding statistic to see how, how much of a focus this is in the Bible, and, and I know in my heart, I, I don't make that a core principle of, of my faith as I lean in to Jesus, and, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, but we can lean into that in this new year and see how that can shape and form us lean into this idea of supporting them uh, so through, through fasting and, and through community. We get these ideas from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, here's one uh, excerpt from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount talking about fasting. He says, but when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. We have a similar idea, a uh, similar phrase about, uh, about giving to the, to the needy. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So we notice a few things from, from this. Uh, one of Jesus' first public teachings uh, in, in his ministry where he spoke to, to hundreds of people about what it meant to be followers in the kingdom of heaven, we notice that he uses the language of when you fast. Sorry, can we go back to the previous slide? 
He uses the language of when you fast and when you give to someone in need. And so there's this expectation that if you are a follower of Jesus, these are things that we are living out, things that we're, we're practicing and making a part of our life, uh, that we are, are living out fasting, that we're living out the practice of, of giving to someone in need. And it's not so much a question of if we'll do it or not, but more so a question of in what manner, how are we going to do this? And Jesus leans in and he focuses and he says, when you do these things, it's it's about your heart and the manner that you do them. It's not about just that you check a box and that maybe once a week you don't eat food for a day and that's good for you. And maybe once a week you show up to a homeless shelter and you, you donate some goods. That's, that's all good and well. Um, but what Jesus cares more about is, is this isn't what you're doing in front of other people to look like you're living a Christian life. More so, how is this impacting you at a heart level? Are you doing this for the right reasons? Uh, is, how, is, how is this being lived out on your part? So we'll start off with talking about the idea of fasting, and then we'll lean into see how that relates to standing in solidarity with the poor. Uh, if you're like me, when you first heard this idea, you're like, I'm a little confused. Okay, great, fasting, giving to the poor, I'm excited for that, let's learn about that. How do they relate? How does me not eating have anything to do with standing in solidarity with someone who, who doesn't have food to eat or doesn't have the means that they need to live. And we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk more about that, but we'll start just with the idea of fasting. Some good definitions for us for fasting is this idea of starving the flesh to feed the spirit, intentionally creating hunger inside ourselves so that we can feed on the Holy Spirit is this idea that we're not just physical beings, we're not just spiritual beings, but we're both. Uh, and the, the way that we live out, uh, what we live out with our bodies impacts our spirit and how we live out our spirits impacts our, our bodies as well. Uh, and through this practice of starving the flesh, not, not eating, uh, there's an opportunity to lean into God, lean into the spirit. Um, and, and I think it's helpful to, to define, I think often when we talk about fasting in, in modern day times, we talk about lots of different things. We talk about, oh, I'm fasting from social media, I'm fasting from sugar, fasting from these, all, all sorts of different things that are great to, to fast from. But whenever we look at uh, the Bible and how they talk about fasting, it's, it's always talking about uh, abstaining from, from eating food for a period of time uh, and, and how that impacts us. So I think that's that's really helpful to know. And I do want to make clear that this, as, as we lean into this, this message uh, series about the practice of fasting, there will be more messages on it in the future. Drake will expound on, on fasting and, and, and these ideas. Uh, I want to make it clear that it's, it's an invitation into a practice that can help us experience greater intimacy with God, right? We're, we're inviting us to, to try something out and, and see how God would impact our hearts through that practice. By no means is it something that we're requiring or expecting from the people in the church, but just an invitation into that. And in fact, we always want to make the disclaimer that uh, it, it may not always be, be the right choice uh, for your personal health to fast, whether that's mental, uh, physical, or emotional. If there's any given reason why it's not a good idea for you to fast, we are not encouraging you to do so. So discern that within your own heart, your own experiences, your own background, whether it's helpful or not for you to lean into this practice. I would like to share uh, briefly uh, about my experience with fasting. Um, I, I'm not coming in as, sorry, can we go back to the previous slide? Not there yet. Um, I'm not coming in as an expert on the practice of fasting. In fact, before uh, preparing for this sermon, I 
had fasted very minimally. It wasn't something that was a core part of my life. Uh, wasn't something that I would say is a regular practice that I lived out. And so it was especially convicting to me uh, as, as Drake and I were talking about uh, the, the content for this message and, and what we would be talking about today as something that I probably needed to experience, something that I probably needed to live out before I came up here and talked about it. It would be a little strange if I was up here talking about it and had never never experienced it. So um, I... In preparation for this, I, I fasted a few times, um, abstaining from food, and I was leaning specifically into this idea of what it meant to stand in solidarity with the poor through fasting. And, and so during those days, whenever I would feel a hunger pain come, I would try and try and lean into prayer, lean into scripture, and see what God says about, about the poor and how we as followers of Jesus interact uh, with them and, and, and supporting them but I felt something different in my heart tugging me in a different direction. Just through the practice of fasting and praying, I felt God surfacing some, some sin in my heart that needed to be addressed. Uh, just, just in one of the first moments of fasting and preparation for this message, I felt God saying to me that I had some bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart, some frustration toward my wife uh, about just some, some conversations that we had, some disagreements that we had, and I was holding on to some bitterness and frustration towards her. Uh, and through the practice of fasting, I don't, you know, I don't believe this would have come out in my mind and in my heart if I wasn't leaning into this practice. Uh, I felt God stirring this up in my heart to say, you need to move towards her, ask for forgiveness, and and lean into a deeper relationship with her. Uh, and Liv's not here today, but she knew that I was going to share about this. Uh, and and truly, it, it only was an opportunity for me to go to her and ask for forgiveness and, and lean into a deeper relationship with her and with God. Uh, and so through this practice, we're, we're able to see how, how we are putting ourselves in a more vulnerable position so that we can hear God more clearly as he speaks to us. And it's already been extremely helpful for me. And if you choose to lean into this practice with us as City Church, uh, I'm hopeful and excited to see all the things that God would surface in your heart uh, through this practice of causing ourselves to be more dependent on the Spirit, on God. Um, and I'd also like to say that as we lean into the practice of whether it's fasting, whether it's reading your Bible, prayer, giving to, to the needy, um, we don't see things, we don't fast one day, we don't pray one day and immediately see a change in our heart that we're entirely different people, right? We don't look over the past week and say I'm an entirely different person than I was last week, but if we look over the past year, we can say that I've grown and I've changed and I'm different over the past year. And so I encourage you that as you begin to lean into this practice, uh, if you don't see growth immediately or you fast and you don't feel any closer to God after that, that's okay. It's all a part of the journey. We consistently show up and allow God to change and move in our lives. Uh, and it's something that we see over a long term of, of leaning into the practice and not something that we see in one moment. And so don't be discouraged if we don't see immediate growth from this. It comes over the long term. So we're going to lean in a little bit to uh, this passage in Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah specifically talks about how we ought to fast, how we ought not to fast, how that relates to standing in solidarity with the poor. Uh, we'll, we'll go through this first, first section talking about how not to fast. Um, and yeah, I'll just read it here. It says, he's speaking to uh, Old Testament Israelites saying that we have fasted before you, they say, why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I'll tell you why I, speaking from the perspective of Isaiah, responds. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. 
You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? I read this and it feels really harsh. It's like, whoa, man. Um, these people uh, in this time, they're, they're fasting to, to achieve certain things, to receive certain things from God. And Isaiah is not pulling any punches, speaking on behalf of God that the fasting that they're living out is, is not the fasting that God desires. And just an important note, as we read scripture that convicts, something that comes across as harsh, that's speaking truth, that needs to be heard, I really want to encourage us to, in that space, allow ourselves to be in the audience of the scripture speaking to you. Even if you don't feel like it's speaking super directly to you and you're repressing your workers while you're fasting, right? Maybe that's not the case for you in this moment, but allow the scripture to speak to your heart, to convict you and resist the urge to very quickly think, that's crazy that those people were fasting so fakely, or think, I know who this scripture should be speaking to. It's so important that we allow ourselves to be in the, the posture of receiving uh, the, the truth, receiving the word from the scripture. But we see, yeah, these people who are living out a spiritual practice, but missing the whole point of it. God's desire is not that we would check a box and then he would reward us with blessings because we did what he asked us to in, in, in his scripture. And we even see arrogance from the people to say, God, you're missing something. Like, don't you see how much I've sacrificed? Don't you see how much I've given up? Don't you get that? Like, you should have given me what we wanted, right? Uh, and of course, that's not the goal. That's not our hope as we lean into any spiritual practice is not to check a box and receive the things that we determine are good for us, uh, but to put ourselves in a humble, vulnerable position and allow God speak to our hearts, to change our hearts, to look more like his. We can never disconnect our love for God from our love for each other. We can't live out spiritual practices all while the same, harboring uh, anger, harboring hate, harboring a uh, negative emotions towards another person. We move towards people as we live out our love for God. And we see Isaiah continue in the next two verses as he talks about what does it really mean? What, what does God truly desire through the practice of fasting? He says, no, this is the kind of fasting that I want. I want you to free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you, let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. It's a pretty stark change, right? Just a simple practice of I'm not eating and I'm expecting to get what I desire from God as a result. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, to somehow this practice of abstaining from eating to lean on the spirit is supposed to lead to lead to these ideas of undoing injustice, releasing the oppressed, feeding the hungry, and providing sanctuary for the homeless. It's really uh, interesting to, to see the greater depth that God desires for us to experience out of the practice of fasting, out of leaning into a relationship with him. Uh, like I've said, it's not to receive what we desire, but it's to see our hearts molded and transformed into the person of Jesus. Drake and I were talking a little bit about how uh, fasting has been a regular practice here at City Church at the beginning of the year. It's common for us to, to do a, a corporate fast together uh, to see what God would have for us in the new year. Uh, but it is a relatively new thing for us to be leaning into this idea of um, 
supporting the needy, supporting the poor through the practice of fasting. That's a new thing that we're leaning into here as a church. We saw, uh, uh, we saw God's heart for it in scripture and we saw a need to talk and speak about it here. And uh, just to like paint a bigger picture of how these things are related, we, we see that the practice of fasting trains our hearts in compassion, right? Just simply by spending a, a period, whether it's sun up to sundown or 24 hours of not eating, there's not a lot that we're personally doing just with that to stand in solidarity with the needy, with the poor, but through our hearts to being transformed through that practice, through allowing God to speak to us and change us through that practice, we're training our hearts in compassion. Through experiencing hunger, we can empathize a little bit more with people who experience that on a regular basis. It's likely that we in this church are coming from a variety of experiences with uh, what, it, what it looks like to, to fast as a practice and also what it looks like to just experience hunger in general. Uh, in, in Boulder, it's typically a pretty, pretty well-off area and, and likely many of us have not truly experienced hunger on an ongoing basis, but, but maybe we have and, and maybe that's something that you're experiencing today and just want to say in the middle of, of the sermon that if, if that's something you're experiencing today that we want to follow through with what we preach and if, if you're in need of something, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to be a support to you. We'd love to, to, to live out uh, what the scriptures are calling us to live out. So at the end of the sermon today, we'll have some people in the back who are there just to receive you for prayer for any given thing. Uh, if you find yourself in need that you don't have the basic things that you need uh, in order to, to have, what, have the basic necessities of life, we'd love to, to hear from you and, and be a support to you in any way that we can. Uh, and, and we just, we would love to see how, um, Genuine fasting leads to response to injustice around us. It's, it's more comprehensive than just a single practice. It leads out into how we interact with all the people around us. When we fast, we have an opportunity to cry out to the Lord on behalf of the poor, of the needy. Typically when we fast, one of the, the most helpful things for me is whenever I, I feel that hunger come and I desire to go and eat, that's an opportunity to go to Lord for, to ask for strength uh, and to, to pray on behalf of others uh, and to, to see what God would do to change our hearts so that we would live out in supporting the people around us, leading us to undoing injustice, releasing the oppressed, feeding the hungry and providing sanctuary to the homeless. We see through uh, what Isaiah is teaching us, um, we know that he's, he's speaking to both our identity and how we live that out. We see that followers of Jesus, the people of God, were called to reflect God's heart and character in the world. And it's clear that scripture reveals a God who has an overwhelming concern for the poor, the broken, and the marginalized. And it's convicting to see that. It's convicting to see um, the goodness in God's heart that doesn't align with my heart for me personally, uh, that I want to look more like that. That's the transformation I want to see take place over a year, over a lifetime, to see myself have a heart that looks like Jesus's heart. And it's, it's astonishing that there's, there's so much scripture that, that points to that. 15% of scripture, as I mentioned, shows to, speaks to how we treat the poor. I have a few examples here, um, starting with in, in Deuteronomy we read, it says, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. 
That language, hard-hearted and tight-fisted, is, to me, is just really illustrative of, of a feeling that we have in our heart. We know what that's like, to have a hard heart towards someone, to feel tight-fisted towards, towards someone who, who potentially could use something that we have, um, or eat, whether that's time and energy and just you caring for them, you being there to speak to them. We know what that's like, and, and we don't want that. We know that both being hard-hearted and tight-fisted doesn't help others and it doesn't help ourselves. It only brings more, more, more pain and weight and sin for us to carry on our, our, our own. And so we see in the scripture, uh, this heart, he's, he's encouraging us to not do that, but instead to be generous and lend them whatever they need. We see again here in the New Testament, James talks about uh, that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, refusing to let the world corrupt you. It's, it's clear that God cares about the poor and the marginalized, and because of that, so should we. If God's heart is one way, that is our goal. That is our goal to, to have our hearts reshaped, reformed to look like that. And it continues to come up over and over and over again all throughout scripture, God's heart. And through the practice of of fasting, we see ourselves change into into God's heart. We can stand in solidarity. That definition that I mentioned of solidarity before was standing both in, in heart, both in mind with someone, but also in action. It expands beyond just thoughts and prayers. It expands to, to living out in a different way in support of the people around us. Another verse for us, 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can, God, how can God's love be in that person? Ooh, that's strong. It says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. It's clear that love is not just an emotion or a thought or a feeling. Love is not just something that we experience in our mind, we put on a shelf and that we go on living, but love is a dis- distinct action. Love is intentional to, to go out of our ways, to not let it just be what we say and what we feel, but to show the truth, show love by our actions. That's what God is calling us to to not stay in this comfortable zone of living within ourselves and only taking care of ourselves, but to live a sacrificial life that, that God models for us. Here's a, a verse um, from the early, describing the early church um, shortly after uh, Jesus's death and resurrection in the early church here. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerly to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. Therefore, there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them. That's crazy, right? They sold their houses, like where they live, for other people to, to, to have what they need. They counted themselves as less, less important than, than those around them who, who didn't have the basic necessities that they, that they need to live. It's just wild to me. Honestly, I feel like I don't have to say much more than what the scriptures are saying that I'm reading. Like, I know it convicts my heart, and I'm, uh, I'm willing to bet that we're experiencing conviction in our hearts as well, that, that God is calling us to something more, to living, living out in a more sacrificial way, to show the, God of, the love of God in a more tangible way. 
but you know, I am not telling you all to go and sell your homes so that you can provide for the needy people around you. Make that clear. Um, I think it's important for us to, to use discernment, you know? Um, we're called to live sacrificially. Hey man, if God puts it on your heart to sell your house and give it to somebody else or something like that, I'm not gonna get in, in the way of what God is telling you to do. I'm not saying that, so that's on God if he tells you to do that, not me. Um, but we, we, it's good for us to use discernment on, on the best way to help any given person in any given scenario, whether that's our time, our energy, specific resources. Often, oftentimes, just giving uh, financial resources is not the best way to help. And so we can use, God's given us our, our minds to use discernment and, and to see what are the best ways to live out sacrificially and care and support people. We can use discernment in that way. But I'd, I'd encourage us to always seek to err on the side of grace and not skepticism, um, to, to always trust, trust that God is the one who's providing. God is the one who is, is ultimately caring for people. Uh, if, if he's using you to do that, that's great. Let's, let's err on the side of grace and, and not err on the side of being tight-fisted and hard-hearted because we're skeptical of um, any given scenario. Let's not use our uncertainty as a reason our uncertainty of what to do as a reason to not do anything at all. Let's uh, just lean into to what God is telling us here. I encourage you that uh, if you decide to lean into this practice of fasting, that, that in that space that you would just pray uh, specifically that, that God would speak to your heart, what is the best way for me to care and support the people around me? What is the best way? Allow him to speak that into your, into your life. And through fasting, I believe that we're, we're more likely able to hear him in that, how do we, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's a, a hard thing to grapple with, a hard thing to know how to respond to. Um, I think one of the, the best ways for us to start is to just start in the immediate place that we're at. Uh, who are the people in your immediate circle? Are there, are there people in your family? Are there people in your immediate circle in your city group if you're a part of one of those that, that are in need? Look for need there, start in the place that you're at. It can be overwhelming to look around the city, around the world and see all the brokenness and in, in the, the heart hurt that there is and think I've gotta do something to fix this because that's what God calls me to do. That's overwhelming and, and we're not calling you into a, a place of, of paralysis and not being able to decide what to do. Just start with where you're at and allow God to speak to your heart. Um, I'm going to invite uh, the person who's playing on the keys to come up as I read this closing scripture from the book of Isaiah. This is after he's talked about what true fasting is. He says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities and then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and restorers of homes. And so this, this beautiful encouragement, this beautiful um, 
blessing of a life lived abundantly is where Isaiah finishes uh, with his people there. We see him start out talking about how not to to live out these practices. What is, what is the wrong way for us to lean into this relationship with, with God? It's, it's not for our own selfish desires. And then he points us outward and he says, live out fasting in this way. This is what God desires for us to care for the poor, the broken and the marginalized for those people around us. And then he continues on to this, this great blessing. We see what's described as a life lived abundantly blessed And it's not because God is withholding blessing or good things from us until we behave, until we get in line and do what he said. If you don't follow the Ten Commandments, will God give you these blessings and these things that you want right now? That's not what he's he's asking for from us. We see because we see this life lived with blessing, abundant blessing, because the only way to experience true joy is to live our lives in the way that the designer of humanity has created us to. If we look at this idea, like if we believe what the Bible says here, that God created humanity, that, that he, he designed our very hearts, the very things that we experience on the inside, designed how we work, then it would make sense that he would know the best way for human flourishing that he would know the best way to live out our lives to result in goodness for ourselves and everyone around us, right? And so we see through through living out these practices and caring for each other, we stop leaning on selfishness and greed and pride and stop creating as many problems for ourselves. It's not a life, an easy life to live out the way that, that God has called, but it is a life lived abundantly blessed. We have to understand that this idea of the gospel, that, that we as humanity are broken in need of a savior, uh, and that, that Christ was the one who came and lived that perfect life, dying on the cross and rising again to pay for that separation between us and God, is not just an intellectual idea. It is that, it is something we need to hear and understand, uh, but, it, but it points forward to more action. It's not something we just hear and believe and put on our shelves and call ourselves Christians and and go home and retire, but it's something that impacts us and changes us, causes us to live out the gospel for the people around us, to live that sacrifice out that God has modeled for us. And so where do we go from here with with all these encouragements to live sacrificially? How How do we change our, our hearts to live that out because it's not something that we can just say okay I'm, I'm going to be different 2023 Fitz is going to be a different person I'm going to care for people in a way that I didn't 2022 it's, it's like a week later than 2022 like I'm not just going to change in a moment right um, but it's it's through leaning in over time and, and just creating spaces for, for God to change us and change our hearts <coughs> and so I encourage us uh, as we go forward um, to, to, to try this out. Whether it's you fasting for 24 hours, whether it's you trying sun up to sundown, whatever the specific way that you, you try to fast, I encourage you to try it. If it's safe for you to do so mentally, physically, and emotionally, I encourage you to try it out. We, we've got this fast that Drake mentioned in the intro uh, coming up, uh, but I encourage you to just give it a test run before that, this Wednesday. Try to fast from sunup to sundown. Lean into prayer. Every time you feel that hunger come, lean into prayer. Cry out on behalf of the poor around us. 
cried on behalf of our own hearts that need to be changed and, and reformed. However we decide to fast going forward, I encourage you that when you do, you set aside uh, your focus and your time that day to cry out to God in, in prayer on behalf of those suffering and experiencing justice in Boulder, the West, and around the world. <clears throat> whether we do it weekly, monthly, Wednesdays and Fridays, which is what we're going to hope to do in this, this upcoming fast as a, as a church group. To set aside that time to see God change your heart and just cry out in prayer every time that you feel a hunger pain come. Um, and to not be discouraged if you just have a day where you just don't eat and you're just hungry. That's okay. We just continue to show up and, and see what God would do the next time that we try. Here at City Church, uh, we try to make um, the practice of fasting and supporting the people in need around us a regular thing. We partner in South Asia with a feeding center and orphanage. Um, we do food for families, food drives. Uh, we make month monthly investments in orphanages, and we want to see that grow, and we want to see us individually and corporately lean in more to this idea in 2023. And in the future weeks, Drake will, will speak more on, um, on these ideas, on the the vision for the new year and leaning into this. It's clear that God cares about the poor and the marginalized, and so should we. One way to do that is seeing our hearts transformed through practice of prayer, fasting, and giving to the poor. Uh, I'm gonna close us in prayer now. Um, Lord, I love you, Lord, and I just pray that, that for all of us here, that just your, your simple scripture, your simple words that we've heard today, that we would have had the ears and hearts to hear it, that you would speak to us how we need to be spoken to, to see our hearts and minds transformed. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.